Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flag Tune Machine, I am Andy Hotbody Dawson, pow, pow, pow. I am Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Oh, we're going to have another crack at the chart that we um, failed to do really last time. It was the 8th of August, 1996. It was, of course, the last time was the infamous Milk Spillage episode. Oh, yeah, that's it. Which is... um, I was trying what? to remember what could have possibly derailed a chart like mm. this. This is the ultimate sort of Euro 96 chart. So I'm thinking, what could have derailed us from talking about this chart? This is peak top flight time machine chart. Yeah. But then I remembered it was the, the greatest crisis of my year, the milk spillage. It's but let's rock- not get back into that now. It's rocked the podcasting world. Uh, it has, it's yeah. the talk of all the forums mm. and uh, all the Reddits. Uh, when yeah. they discuss the podcasts, uh, they're all talking about it. It's crossed over on Reddit. It's crossed over from Reddit slash podcasts into Reddit slash Dairy Spillage. Uh, one of the big yeah. uh, topics on there. So it, it's everywhere. One of but the biggest subreddits there is, I believe. Has there been any any more updates? Did it just disappear? The Eventually it disappeared, I think. I yeah. mean, my good wife said that she she went out to do some other front garden pottering a few right. days later and she claimed that there was still some trace evidence of milk. Right. But I don't know, I think she was guilt tripping me by that stage. She knew she knew how hard the whole thing had hit me. Well obviously yeah understandable. And I just day, said, though, look, can we please leave this behind us? We all make mistakes. You're blameless. It wasn't your fault. Or was it? It's the packaging that was the fault. Yeah, exactly. I, the, the whole point is you, these plastic packages that are killing the environment, but I thought the reason we switched from Tetra Pack which, let's be honest, we all preferred. Mm-hmm. Tetra packs were much better, weren't they? And then we switched to these plastic bottles because they were supposed to offer more security. But I'll say it again. That fucking four-pinter of semi-skinned dropped from waist height, mm. right? Waist height gently dropped onto, like, normal paving. Bang! It was like it had been shot with a double-barreled, mate. Of course, the Tetra Pak heir was mm. Hans Rousing, who mm. um, he, he he died not so long ago. But there was I'm going to be careful about how I um, reference this because his wife died, and they were both drug addicts. I think. Right. Was he accused of our murder? Wasn't he the richest man in the world for a while, the Tetra Pak? He was the richest simpler te- times before the tech revolution. He was the richest packaging man. 
For sure. I thought for a while he was the richest man. And that really, like, you know, prior to Facebook, prior to fucking Tesla, prior to Amazon, the richest people in the world weren't creating apps or abstract yeah. technological notions. They were yeah. making fucking cartons of milk. That, I have to admit, although mm. I'm a fan for nostalgic purposes, they were a fucking pain in the ass to open, weren't they? Yeah, but better for the planet. Yeah, he, he, he's, the, him and his wife spent most of their days in their Chelsea flat getting high on drugs, it says here. Uh, and she died and he uh, hid the body and was uh, given a suspended sentence for hiding her body. Um, what did he do that for? Well, I think he was too fucked up on drugs to do anything yeah, else. Oh, I can't. I, I, yeah. I haven't got the fucking bandwidth mentally to deal with this right now. <laughs> it's the, best to just fucking hide it. Dealing with an unexpected corpse is not in my wheelhouse at this point in time. <laughs> my wheelhouse consists only oh, of drugs. God. Oh, hell's bells. What am I going to do? Sorry, this is not for me. Not today. Oh, there's only she's one thing that can help hidden. me now, and that's more she's, drugs. She's getting it, and so I can get on with my drug taking. Yeah, I think that's what he did. Um, yeah, I mean it's understandable, I suppose. But uh, yeah, he was he was charged and uh, suspended sentence. But then he died a couple of years ago. So um, the, the closure of a, a, a tragic chapter in the mm. uh, the story of Tetra Pak there. So yeah. um, maybe Tetra Pak will come back once that scandal's kind of died down and people have forgotten about it and moved on. It'll and once become... people have heard more about the fucking flaws in the in the plastic bottles yeah. that they're currently pushing milk out in, maybe people will think, well, we never had it so good. This this podcast generally isn't one for share tips and investment advice, but what I would say is invest in Tetra Pak now because we could be at the forefront of the plastic... Uh, disposal yeah. campaign when it comes to milk mm. bottles, we can we can really get something going. I mean, in actual fact, when you think of the amount of effort in recent years that have gone into the whole the the, the backlash against plastics, disposable mm. plastics, it's weird that all this milk's still being consumed out of plastic bottles and all the juice, yeah. all of it. The only thing I can think of now that comes in the Tetra Pak, and I haven't had one in years, so I don't even know if they still exist. Is the old Covent Garden soups, which were the yeah. fancy soups you got in like a milk carton. That's right. Oh, I've got the wrong Hans Rousing. Hans Rousing that died uh, is is his father of the the drug body hider. He the, the, his son is still alive. He's only fifty eight. Um, and he, yeah, he was suspended sentence, and he's gone on to marry someone else in twenty fourteen. The sister of Isabella Blore. Didn't she die as well? Sounds like someone out of James Bond, that, doesn't it? She was a magazine editor. Hi, I'm Isabella Bow. I bet you are. <laughs> Prove it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she died as well. God, what a twisted web. But he's, he got married again, so... I wish we'd never got into this Tetra Pak dynasty well, deep dive. This is uh, making me sad. Well, it's not, it's not history box, is it? Put it that way, it's not history box no. material. But um, we'll we'll move on. We'll move back to this chart and have a closer look at the top forty. Um, I'm going to just randomly have a look at anything in there. Um, uh, lemon tree by Fool's Garden is the first thing that uh, went to my eyes, and I know nothing about that song. 
So I'd have to find another one. One of the few songs on this list that is not very memorable because it's one of those charts that we occasionally get on this show that Mm -hmm. is really packed with kind of memorable moment-defining songs. Yeah. Not least Wannabe at the top there. Yeah. um, Which we probably talked about last time, I can't remember. But what is there to be said about it that hasn't been said a million times already? I saw Robbie, Robbie Williams is at number two, a new entry with Freedom, um, which was a um, cover of George Michael's Freedom, which, Freedom 91, which had only, which had only fucking come out a few years beforehand. Yeah, Yeah, it was only like, what was this? This was like, this is 96. I think it had come out five years before. So it's quite, it's a little bit previous covering it. But Robbie wanted something to launch his solo career. And and of course, the words to Freedom were very, you know, resonated with Robbie because the whole song is about him leaving Wham. Yeah. And Robbie had just left Take That. So I suppose it made sense. I was going to say, I think it was meant to be a statement. um, Freedom from the shackles of Barlow. But what I would say is, listen, Robbie, right? And I know he was very popular, but don't don't even put yourself in the same stratosphere as George Michael. George Michael wrote that song about a very different situation, about starting a band with his best friend, right? This was a band that was... It was a self-starting band. This wasn't a manufactured record company or pop Svengali project, right? Mm. George Michael's a singer-songwriter, started a song with his band, and if anything, he felt as if it got too big and he became a a victim of his own success and the expectations that were incumbent upon him because of his teen fan base and the record company. So he thought, fuck that, I'm leaving and I'm going to start writing songs for myself again, right? That's what the song's about. Robbie Williams is like, I feel, by covering that song, is aligning himself with George Michael's experience. But oh, yeah, totally. Robbie Williams is not a singer-songwriter. Nope. Right? He was he was parachuted into an entirely manufactured band yep. formed by um, Pop Svengali's, right? Mm-hmm. He was, uh, you know, a sort of... One, one of the lads who danced about in that band... As fun as they were, they were no fucking wham, that's for sure. I think, I think didn't, right? didn't one of one of the Gallagher brothers describe him as that fat dancer once? From Stoke. The fat dancer <laughs> from Stoke, they called him, because he, he was at this stage having some weight problems. But he was at this stage from Stoke. <laughs> so so he, he went, he quit, and I don't doubt that probably he quit for reasons to do with his mental health or whatever, and I respect that. But then to go, yeah, I'm just like, it's just like when George Michael quit wham. It's nothing like George Michael quitting Wayne. Nothing at all, Robbie. It's like you're going to say, oh, it's like when George Harrison walked out on the Beatles. No, Robbie. Write um, your own song about leaving a pop group. uh, Yeah, and what he's done is he's given himself a leg up by using an established song that he's almost guaranteed to be a hit because it's Mm. been a hit before. It's, you know, it's tried and trusted. He didn't do much with it. I saw it. The same way George Michael did, does he? I saw it with an old Top of the Pops recently. And he, he didn't really do much with the song. It wasn't like it was a new interpretation. It was a very standard It was, it was almost like what you call a soft launch of a, of a career, yeah. wasn't it? It was just like, it here's was. a song, I'll Yeah, I mean, for me, for me, the lad's career didn't really take off until Angels. Yeah. Which, of course, Martin O'Neill um, passed that comment, didn't he, in the 98 World Cup? He famously <laughs> he did. did a yeah. sort of a quite in-depth and heartfelt sort of dissection to of Robbie's solo career. Yeah, he went... 
For me, when you left, I thought, no, he's going to go nowhere out on his own. Barlow's the one with the talent in that band. He goes, but I have to say, you know, I doubted you. And t- but then when you came out with the song Angels, suddenly a light went on and I thought, no, this guy's going somewhere now. And you've surprised everyone, including me. Quick question for you. I want you to answer this within under a second. What number in the charts did Angels get to? One. Four. Wow. Yeah. I th- I'd have thought one or two because mm. it was his massive hit, wasn't it? But it, People yeah, loved it. But four. I mean, again, I'm not... You know, even the songs... To be honest, there are some pop bands that people go, oh, but they were great. But really, it's like, were they? I mean, take that. The one that people from that era go, oh, they were good, is um, Back for Good, Back right? For good, but actually, yeah. Back for Good, it's good in comparison to other, <laughs> take that <laughs> songs, but that's not fucking saying much, is no, it? No, we've had this out before. I thought quite a bit of this stuff was good. But, um... but would you have bought it? No, we never bought it, Jesus yeah. Christ. Angels banged around in the top ten for ten weeks before it reached number four. Mm. It went seven five, seven six, seven six, nine seven, six seven. It's like a fucking tennis match. And then it got a number four and uh, then dropped down the charts. So yeah, it never got off. any higher than number four for one week. It was his breakthrough track though. It's probably it remains his most famous track. Weird that it never went any higher than that. Not then at number three, Trash by Suede. This is like, I yeah, Trash by Suede. That's like one, that's almost their most famous song, isn't it? Trash. It is to me anyway. I'm never like a huge Suede fan, although I do like their songs, the ones I know. Yeah. But it feels to me like Suede, when I think of those sorts of Britpop bands, I sort of think Suede were like the early pioneers, slightly earlier in the 90s. And by yeah. this stage... You know, Oasis and Supergrass and Blur were the, yeah. were the ones. I swear were like um, 92, 93, weren't they? When that's what I think of, out, yeah. yeah. Select magazine covers in 92, 93. I, I don't think they'd have regarded themselves as being Britpop. They wouldn't have. No, but they do often get. Bra- in fact, yeah. I, I, I think that the first time that that term was popularised was on the cover of Select it and it was. was a cover of. It was a picture of Brett Anderson wrapped in a Union Jack. Yeah. But then. So he was like originally the face of it, and then it was quickly appropriated or applied to yeah, other bands was, like Oasis. It was Andrew Harrison who edited Select at the time who came up with it. Yeah, he was a, a bit of a magazine legend. He is. Um, yeah, Trash by Suede. It's one of them songs where an alternative lyric got in me head and stuck there, mm. and it's still there to this day. We're trash, you and me. We're the litter on the breeze. We're the centre half for Leeds. <laughs> I can't get out of my head. We're the centre half yeah, for we're the the breeze. We're the centre half for Leeds. Yeah, so um, maybe that'll stick in your head too. Who knows? I'm talking to the listeners there, not to you personally, Sam. There are but three it, it new entries. Three. Num- at number four, number three, and number two, but nothing is able to not want to be by Spice Girls or Top Spot. The third one is a number song that's very reminiscent of the era, but for me, I found it so irritating, and still mm. now it'll make me feel inexplicably mm-hmm. glum when I hear it, is Good Enough by Dodgy. Yeah. Very it much was... also rans of the Britpop era. I quite like the album they did. This is not one of the songs that I liked, but some of the other stuff on their album was good, I thought. Uh, this was obviously their mm. breakthrough hit. Um, 
it's kind of like they're they're all right by Supergrass. It's that kind of it one is, that yeah, broke it's through. Yeah, certainly in that kind and of. It's slightly annoying bracket. to listen to now. I can't mm. really be doing with listening to it. All I right. remain a fan of All Right by Supergrass. I loved right. it at the time, and it still makes me feel jolly now. Mm. But this, nah. Jalapeño. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Jalapeño. I remember doing a job that this summer that I wasn't really into, and it was a really long drive really early every morning. Mm. And I just started dating the lady who became my good wife. And I was in that sort of phase of a relationship where you're just, all you want to do is hang out with each other. You don't want anything else that's happening. You're really resentful towards. Oh, that's cute. You just sort of think, (laughs) fucking hell, what do I have to do anything other than just hang around with her for? Like (laughs) everything else is just a load of bullshit. Yeah. And I had to go to this fucking job and it was like a long fucking drive out of London to get there. Like a summer job. And, uh, all I can remember on the way there and on the way back is this fucking song playing on Radio 1. And I had this sort of glumness about me in the car, which was juxtaposed with this really almost mm. cloyingly upbeat song. And um, I've just forever associated it with that feeling. And now I still feel that way when I hear it. That's fine. It's a very specific Weird, story. Right? and I, mm. I, I'm completely here for it. Um, Born Slippy is in the top ten. Of course, from Train Spotting by Underworld. Uh, that's just dropped down, reached number two. We've got Higher Than Angels by Robbie Williams. But um, I completely forgotten about Underworld until recently. That first album they put out, Dub No Bass with My Head Man. Mm. That's fucking great, that album. I listened to My it again recently. A, a really and, big fan. She listens to them yeah. a lot, and I'm not really that au fait of it. She actually went to see them live just before lockdown started, but she was playing them the other day in the car, and I was mm. like, fucking hell, this is good. She was like, it's Underworld. And mm. it didn't actually, because Born Slippy's obviously so famous, and the other stuff was quite chill in comparison. Yeah. Quite, quite a different sound to, yeah. to the one that they became more famous for. Because Born Slippy wasn't on that album, I don't think. They might have stuck it on and re- reissued the album as people did mm. back then. 
I hate that. I hate that when an album comes out and then they have a hit single and they put the album out again. They reissue with the it, hits. yeah. Your fucking album's your album, right? That's your, you have one crack at it. <laughs> put it out. That's a piece of work you've done. It's like, would we put a podcast out and then add some bits at the end? We could go back to episode one of Top Flight Time Machine yeah. and re-edit it, but with yeah. funnier put, bits Put in. some stories in from other stuff we've done mm. since. Fuck off. Put your, put your fucking album out, put your back into it, and then that's <laughs> it. And then don't dick about with it. You you go it single, then go and record another album on the back of it. Mm. Be like Prince. Prince right. put an album out every year. Is Prince in this chart? I don't think he is, is he? Stevie Wonder put an album out pretty much every year in the 70s. Fuck, yeah, what a run that is. And they is. were all the best albums ever. Ever, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else have we got? Um, we're looking down the bottom end of the chart you know you're saying there's a lot of good stuff but there's a lot of shite in this chart as well yeah don't pull your mix. love by sean mcguire um <laughs> don't know what that was well, um, he was in grain chill and then he was in eastenders wasn't he yeah so he was he was a bit of a teen heartthrob of the time he was on the front cover of every single teenage girls magazine mm-hmm. he'd been in East, um, he'd been in um grain chill as well wasn't he yeah yeah what was he grain chill then eastenders yeah kathy dennis I didn't realise Kathy Dennis was still going in 96. What? Because she, she became very... a songwriter more than a song yeah. performer, didn't she? She was a very early 90s artiste. What well, was that uh, famous song that she had a big hit with in the early 90s where everyone fancied her? Um, What was the first one she put out? Touch Me All Night Long? Sorry, mate? Touch Me All Night Long. Oh, sorry, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, wasn't a request t-shirt idea <laughs> yeah yeah and the, yeah she did the, the, yeah she, she was, she'd gone away for two and a half years then came back with West End she Pad. was absolutely incredible and I can't there's just a on the website we use for this uh, for these shows which mm. is officialcharts.com there's a little thumbnail of mm-hmm. the cover of each single and it's quite small and I haven't got my spectacles on. Um, <laughs> but what I can tell from this teeny weeny thumbnail of Kathy Dennis, uh, the cover to Kathy Dennis's West End pad yeah. is that it's extremely triggery. Yes. <laughs> I don't need to see any more. In fact, I'd be frightened of seeing it on a larger scale. I'm Googling it. In case it. it discombobulated me. I'm Googling it to have a closer look. This sounds appalling. Listen to us, middle-aged men. Lusting oh, no, after women from half a century, a quarter of a century ago. <laughs> I wonder if she's still very attractive, like we are. <laughs> yeah, it's incredibly triggering. She's she's lying on what might be a sheepskin rug, in shorts and like a bra top. And yeah, she, it was pretty it's, popular that in I the nineties, lying has, about on sheepskin rugs. She has a spoon uh, with what might be a strawberry on it, just in her in her open mouth. <clears throat> um, yeah, all of these things were very much tropes of the mid nineties. Yeah, it's appalling. Lying really. around it's on appalling. a rug in a bra, eating it's, some fruit. Yeah, sexist and uh, exploitative, yeah. and that um, I've no time for it. I'll close that page down now. Hmm. Onwards. You're right, too, mate. Um, You're right. Everything must go. Manic Street Preachers. I- Imperial Fears. Manic Street Preachers. You could say hmm. title track from the album the same name. Everything must go. Big that great big sound I had. It was almost a spectre esque guitar sound. 
strings but, you know, and shit. I know you're, you're into the Main Street Preachers, aren't you? I mean, I, I only really became sort of... I mean, obviously I'd heard of them, but it wasn't sort of music that I was into. And But then they kind of became enormous at this stage. Yeah. But to people who had followed their career, was this considered like a sellout? when they became well, this big I, I wasn't I wasn't into them until this album came out I wasn't really into oh, the okay. stuff before then and then I've kind of so when Richie what's his name was still going yeah that felt like they were sort of like edgy punks and then it's, when this album came out it felt like they were quite sort of became like yeah. a almost like a stadium rock act his, his name actually was Richie Manick that was his full Sorry, name yeah because <laughs> um, <laughs> he disappeared after um, the album before this and I think he did. He write some of the lyrics for this. He left them behind, and then they they, they wrote the music. And it, it I'll leave you with this: a massive album. He's disappeared. His parting word was Karim Benzema. Make of that what you will. <laughs> <laughs> this is Richie's wife, Babs. <laughs> <laughs> Richie has withdrawn with regret from public life. He left me with the following lyric: Karim Benzema. Make of that what you will. <laughs> TTFN. <laughs> and then I did a backflip. <laughs> uh, what else? Yeah, do you reckon got? he's dead? Or I mean, I don't want to make light of it, but <laughs> just just a yeah, just give me a yes or no. What, yes. What's your gut telling you? Yes. Your gut says yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you reckon he's dead? Call us now. Let us know. Get well, in touch. Let's do a poll. Let's do a poll on Twitter, yeah, Twitter. on the Top Light Time Machine Twitter page. Is Richie Manic really dead? Yes or no? And we'll settle this once and for all. <laughs> Coming up after the ad break, we'll be talking more about Richie Manic. Is he dead? Is he not? Who knows? Simon Jordan's uh, joining us. Let's finally get to the bottom of it. Uh, Simon, now, Jordan, num- Simon Jordan, you famously tried to reunite the specials with a £1 million offer way back about 15 years ago now. But Richie Manic. Is he dead or what? Well, no, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about Richie Manic. I've had it up to here with hearing that he might be still alive. I will tell you, when I was running Palace, when I was running Palace, Richie Manic actually came to me via his representatives and said he wanted to join on a pay-as-you-play a, a pay basis, Right. And I said to his agent, I said, this is ridiculous. He's got no experience whatsoever in top flight football. And as far as the general public are concerned, he's brown bread. So (laughs) what kind of impact it'll have on the morale on the rest of the Palace squad? And at the time, by the way, we were chasing promotion from the championship for him to rock up in a Palace shirt and potentially take a first teamer's place. I said, no way. I no said, this is, way. This is not how football is run. This is not how to run a football club professionally. We, we've all learned from the Ali Dyer saga, where George <laughs> Weyer apparently rang up Southampton. And I said, we are not having this. I don't care how famous he is or how dead he allegedly is. Or um, any of his achievements in indie rock, music, punk, whatever he wants to call it. No. I am not it, to me, the... To me, in this arena, in my industry, that counts for nothing, or at least very little. <laughs> ah, what else well, have we got? There you go, Macarena. We talked before about, of course, my dad's mechanical chimpanzee who danced the Macarena. Exactly. I mean, I was going to say we've done this chart or a very close chart to it before mm. this era because I, I remember the chimpanzee. And I remember that me sent a half at Leeds anecdote for. And, and and you know it's it's worth just passing mention um, that my dad was going through his third or fourth midlife crisis. Mm. Um, 
around this time. Um, he invested heavily, not only, I, I believe, in recreational drugs, but also in um, the Shine CDs, which were yes. sort of compilations that were popular at the time that you would have t- sold a lot of at our price. Yeah. Um, it was the Indie uh, Now, wasn't it, really? Yeah. The Indie and Now he was, series. That, 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 that was one of the... My dad was balls deep in his 50s. Mm-hmm. But I knew he was in trouble when I saw quite how many Shine albums he'd bought. Yeah, that's bad. I mean, I yeah. was at university and I came back and I got in his car and I was like, what the fuck is this? I didn't say that to him because I, I don't know. I just sort of, I was worried. But in my head, I was like, what the fuck's this? He's got yeah. every Shine album. He's got Shine 1, Shine 2, Shine 3, Shine 4, Shine 5. He's listening to only Shine albums. I thought, this is not good. He's obviously trying to impress some younger women here and I'm worried about him. Next thing, he's thrown a fucking birthday party around his rig. And, um, yeah, there's a mechanical fucking chimp that dances the Macarena. The Macarena. It doesn't and add he, up. And he, he makes it his party piece. It doesn't add he's, up. He's dead proud of it. It's fucking insane. It, it's, it's a fucking life lesson, that. That's something mm. that you and I should both be wary of. Particularly you, because mm. it's genetic. It's something that you might find a few years me, down I do the worry line. worry about that, You've got yeah. to look for the signs of stuff like that happening and nip it in the bud early. Funnily enough, um, recently uh, I I drew, it was a very strange coincidence. I was um, speaking to someone, uh, I don't want to give away cause for my dad and the person's privacy, but basically I was being someone for a work matter mm. and it had no connection whatsoever to the industry my dad ever worked in or anything like that. And suddenly the, the person I was speaking to said, I think my wife used to work with your dad in the 90s. Right. And straight away, I'm like, oh, no. Shit. Yeah, Shit. alarm bells. Is this going to be a lawsuit? What is this? I was like, this is the last <laughs> thing I need. I thought we'd put the 90s behind us, right? <laughs> We're and just then, trying to pretend it never existed. She she got in touch with me and oh, was God. really friendly and was, and was lovely. And she went, oh, I just wanted to say, I worked with your dad in the 90s and, that, and I was really delighted to hear that you're in touch with, with my husband blah 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 say hi and I actually did say something hi. along the lines of apologies if he was apologies if he was like you know amidst his midlife crisis not that he was ever mean and nice guy to everyone but she said oh yes I think he must have been we had lots of wonderful parties at his flat Ooh, and I thought oh yeah the shame oh, parties now. yeah I was like yeah oh, let, now. let me guess he used to get the Macarena chimp out. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> I didn't say that, so I, but probably if I, I had, I'm pretty certain did, she'd have remembered he, it. Did he play Good Enough by Dodgy on a loop? Yeah. Come in, ladies. <laughs> Anyone here like Dodgy? I think it's I think it's tremendously uplifting. It's a great cocaine song. Um, but what I like to do is, I call it a mashup, but I put that on full blast and then I simultaneously put this mechanical chimpanzee on, which dances to the Macarena. I've had some of the some of the boys in the office linking up to an amp, so it really belts it out extra loud. <laughs> Just take some recreational drugs, and it's a perfect storm of good times. <laughs> I'm promising you, ladies, this will be the best time you've ever had in your life. <laughs> You'll be talking about this party in thirty years. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> and they were. Hey, let's leave it there because we've both got the okay. school run to do. And yeah, we do. Uh, 
yeah. So I, I think we've 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 wrung this chart dry. We've rinsed it like out. Like I say, we've, we've done a one very close to this one in the past, so that it doesn't feel like there's very much more we can do mm. with it. Um, I'm looking to see if there's anything outside of the top forty that might be of interest. Just to just to mention, uh, oh, pretty vacant live by the Sex Pistols. That was when yeah. they came back and did those shows and then put a live mm. album out, and there wasn't really any need. Then went away that, again. But, yeah. Okay, that's it. Thank you very much. We'll do another one of these. In a couple of weeks or so. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.